0: Welcome to the Marcus Warren Show, powered by 960 Digital and the Wealth Empowerment Network. Now, here is your host, Marcus Warren.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the number one retirement and tax planning show in the region, the Marcus Warren Show. I am your host, financial advisor, tax and road agent, and author of the Retirement and Tax Playbooks, Marcus Warren, and I hope everyone is doing well on this Sunday, and to my left-ish, I am joined by our resident tax professional, D. How you doing, D? Hello
2: and happy Sunday.
1: And remember that if you miss any parts of the show and you want to catch up on anything that you missed, you can subscribe to the Marcus Warren Show podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Also, throughout the show, we will be offering a retirement rescue game plan, which, by the way, is off of back order and the wait list and so you can get that retirement rescue game plan, which is, by the way, a physical packet of information that will help rescue your retirement from all the risk that threatens your nest egg once you are close and in retirement. In that game plan, you'll get a copy of my two books, you'll get a few different financial reports, and access to my webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement. And you can simply order that by going to warrenwealth.net. You go to that site, you put in your information, and that retirement rescue game plan will be delivered free of charge via USPS to your front door. Once again, all you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. Now let's get to the show. All right, so um, we are already 10 days into October, and it's... uh, it's time uh, to, uh, to do some Christmas shopping. That's right. Uh, it is Christmas shopping time already. Are
2: you already playing Christmas music at home?
1: No, I'm not playing uh, uh, Christmas music uh, at home. But, you know, it's, it is really time to um, uh, start, the, uh, start the Christmas shopping. Now, why is it time to start the Christmas shopping? Well... I don't know, for many different reasons, but the main reason is because of these supply chain shortages. Oh, no. There's supply chain shortages, and you will start to see a lot of retailers now are saying, hey, uh, you need to uh, uh, start to uh, order your Christmas stuff because... If you order it now, it could potentially be here by Christmas. Wow. But if you wait till after Thanksgiving, when the Black Friday deals start, then it might be there in uh, Gr- Groundhog Day time, right? <laughs> and so, um, this has become a, a, a real issue. And um, I think that that uh, shop now for the holidays chorus is going to continue to grow louder and louder because of these uh, supply chain uh, bottlenecks. And so. Um, These are things that uh, people have to start uh, thinking about. And so I already told my kids, you know, Mm -hmm. four of them, I said, hey, I said, if you don't want anything besides cash and gift cards, which, you know, cash and gift cards, you can always get those. If you want anything more than cash and gift cards, Mm -hmm. then I need to know now so I can order it and you know, Santa Claus can have it uh, here oh,
2: yeah, right. before right. Uh, the holidays. Yes, so there yes, you, go. you, you gotta let Santa know right now because yeah. he's got some labor shortages yeah. with the elves. Yeah, he has on. to check his list. Yes. he has to
1: check it more than twice now to see right. if it's gonna get there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, beforehand. You yeah. Know? So, electronics, toys, all, all of that stuff, and oh my gosh, if you thought that. Uh, you know, these black Friday deals. And a matter of fact, I I, I think I read somewhere. I, I wish I could pull it up, but I can't find it. I think that, uh, you know, the targets, the Walmart's are already starting to have black Friday, you know, quote Type unquote deals. black Friday deals mm-hmm. like in October, like wow. now. So you can go ahead and get your TV for $45. Wow.
2: Now okay. or
1: order your TV for $45 Man. now because it might not be here, you know, on black Friday when they, you know, they might not have enough. So if you Mm-mm. think shortages were happening now, just wait. Just wait. It's not going to be. Or don't uh, wait. Don't wait.
2: No, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Don't wait. But just wait, and you'll see that uh, you're going to be upset about what's going on. Anyway, let's go ahead and get into some money
2: matters. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk.
0: Here comes the money. Money, money, money. money, 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 money,
1: money. Although we were already kind of talking about money matter stuff, but uh, we'll get into the real money matter stuff now. So. Um, Let's talk about balance. You know, one of the biggest things we hear um, in regards to balancing things is work-life balance, right? People try to find um, that work-life balance. However, you know, I think the uh, work-life balance thing is similar to um, Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster.
2: Completely real?
1: <laughs> right. UFOs. Um I think that they, it really, it just doesn't exist. I think that, well, let me take a step back. I think that over time, you can have that work-life balance. But in short segments, I don't think that it exists, meaning that um, I don't think that, uh, you know, number one dad in America Mm-hmm can be uh you know number one CEO in right. the country. Um I don't think that uh, number one uh, CEO uh you know crushing it uh you know I throw his name out there uh, a Jeff Bezos type guy can be number one dad, right? Um I don't think that that can happen all at the same time. I think that there's spurts and so when you're grinding for however long uh to be that number one CEO I think that you're probably falling off on maybe the dad and the husband duties, things of that nature, right? So your work right. life, you know, you might not even be wor- you might not even be working out as much. That whole life balance may be off your uh, social networks with 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 your friends, yeah. um, your family, you know, health, working out. I bet that might fall by by the wayside a little bit, right? And then on the flip side, if you are attending every last PTA meeting every kid's sporting event, soccer, volleyball, football, basketball, taekwondo, then, you know, work may be falling off a little bit, right? Right. But I think that over the course of years, when you stretch that out, then you can be like, you know what, I had to spend this first few years of my life working, uh, and trying to do the grind to get to this point where now I'm able to spend a bunch of more quality time with the kids or vice versa, whatever that may be. But that is where you find that work-life balance at the end more so than in those different spurts, all right? All right, so, uh, you know, that's the end of the Marcus Warren uh, psychology hour. Yeah, you know, our, it was good. You know, whatever. Yeah, but makes sense. Um, but now let's talk about balance in regards to Investments, right? Your investment portfolios, because that's what people always talk about. Your uh, uh, broker, advisor, planner is always talking about having balance in your portfolio. And so, what are they talking about when they're talking about having that balance in your portfolio? Um, And well, really, what they're talking about is is having a good mix between stocks and bonds, uh, whether they're stock mutual funds, bond mutual funds. But that's generally what they're talking about: stocks, bonds, mutual funds, cash. And so when we talk about that, what are the pros and cons of having stocks? So we'll start with stocks. And what are the pros and cons of having stocks as part of an overall retirement planning strategy? And really, when you think about it, you know, stocks, they can provide great returns over the long haul, but they also come with a lot of risk. And really, the the problem with that is that most people treat stocks not as an investment, but more of a gamble. And they don't take into account the two risks that are inherent to when you're doing stock market investing. And the first is what I call unsystematic risk. And that is basically the risk that is when you put all of your eggs in one basket, the risk of investing in one single stock. What could possibly go wrong if you do something like that? And, uh, you know, of course we have the Enrons, we have the MCI Worldcom, which I am close to. And I know, um, I used to work for MCI Worldcom back way back in the day over 20 years ago now, but, uh, I understand the issues with having all all of your eggs in one basket. Um, uh, and so what could possibly go wrong? Of course we know what, what could go wrong, right? When you have, uh, one single stock, we know that there could be uh, accounting uh, misconduct, uh, a CEO could die. Um, there's a lot of management changes, but, uh, most people, um, try not to have all, all of their eggs in one basket. Although uh, I've experienced that in the past with a lot of my, um, uh, retirees and pre-retirees and people that I used to speak to back in the day in regards to GE, when they used to hold a lot of Mm. GE stock. Mm -hmm. Although it's funny because GE did uh, something a little bit deceptive. I don't want to say it's deceptive because that's that's really not right. But they did a reverse stock split, right? Okay. And so back in the day when I used to uh, be a young broker, you know, young broker, I like to say this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wet behind the ears. Right. Breath smelling like Similac. Usually, yes. Usually,
2: get laughs at
1: that one. Just a, a, a young broker, but not mm-hmm. here, obviously, with you. Yeah, I don't know what that um, means. But um, I used to talk to a lot of GE retirees, and this is back in the uh, early two thousands, uh, and uh, they drank the Jack Welch Kool Aid, and all they ever owned was GE stock. And you know, back around that time, GE was was, was doing well, flying high. I think at the time it was about sixty five dollars a share.
2: Okay. Right?
1: Mm-hmm. Um. And I would say you need to diversify because that's what you always hear. You need to diversify asset allocation. And uh, they were like, yeah, 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 we're, we're, we're good, Marcus. Why are they good? Because they said, GE, we're diversified. We have uh, we sell jet engines. We have a finance company, insurance, all of this stuff. We're diversified. We don't have to worry about having any other stock because we can own. Oh, we can own GE and we're good. And unfortunately, Uh, not so long into the future after the, the, the early two thousands, you know, you fast forward to right around 2004, 2005, GE went from 65 to 32 and then it dropped all the way down to under 10 bucks. But I know you people out there are like, wait a minute, my GE right now is a lot higher than that. And that's because recently, uh, earlier this year, they did a reverse stock split uh, a couple ah. of times. And now you go and pull up GE and you're like, hey, Marcus, it's at $100 now. And it's <laughs> like, no, it's not. I mean, it, yeah, technically it is, but there was some fuzzy uh, uh, smoke and mirrors that that happened. But the bottom line is if you were a GE employee, uh, you know the real deal is that you saw your stock price plummet and go down yes they sold off some stuff but they did a reverse stock split and so if you were to pull up the stock right now you think oh yeah well 65 bucks back in uh, when you were a young broker Marcus back in 2002 but now it's over 100 bucks and we're good to go now we know that that stock didn't do so well but uh, I digress to really hone in, hone in on the fact that you can't put all your eggs in one basket and so there is that unsystematic risk with uh, owning stocks and so what we're going to do is when we come back from the commercial break we are going to talk about systematic risk and then we'll talk about bonds and some alternative investments to have your portfolio balanced a lot of good stuff that we're going to talk about stay tuned you are listening to the marcus warren show All right. It's a good song. This is uh, Come On Eileen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: By, uh, I think they're called Dexas Midnight Runners. Sure. Never heard of them. Yeah. But of course, the song is huge. Of course I've heard of this song. Uh, number one in the U.S., mm-hmm. number one in the U.K.
2: Mm, all right. I'm
1: going to throw something out that I haven't ever thrown out there. Number one in Australia.
2: I was just about to ask, are <laughs> there any other country <laughs> charts?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay, cool. I don't know if it was number one in Zimbabwe, but yeah. uh you know, at yeah. least I know those. Maybe
2: not. Maybe not.
1: <laughs> Maybe not. Anyway. Uh song came out in nineteen eighty-two. Okay. Pretty good. Yeah, I like it. Come it's, it's, come it's on island. Should we wait till they say it? Just here we go. just for a little bit. It's
2: coming.
1: It, there you go. There, there, there you go. Anyway, welcome back to the show. The Marcus Warren Show. And so um, I was uh, talking about um, balance in the portfolio, right? And how you can achieve some, at least a, a semblance of, of a balance in, in your portfolio. And so I started off talking about stocks. And, um, you know, stocks is basically when you have you know, a slice of ownership in uh, a company. Um, But of course, you know stocks over time have uh, produced uh, generally the the highest returns, uh, but it does come with with some risk. And so early on, I talked about uh, two types of risk that are inherent uh, uh, when you invest in the stock market. And the first, it was unsystematic risk. And I talked uh, about that, which is basically having all your eggs in one basket. The other type of risk is systematic risk. And with systematic risk, that's just the risk that is inherent with the entire economy or the entire market when the whole entire market goes down. So what could potentially cause the whole market to drop? Well, uh, most recently, we had a pandemic uh, back in March of uh, 2020, uh, the stock market dropped 30% uh, in the month of March and pretty much uh, the whole entire market dropped. So if you would have had a diversified portfolio, uh, you probably still would have saw um, a decline. Um, then you can go back a little bit farther to the financial crisis of 2008 or the Great Recession. And then even back again to uh, the tech bubble uh, burst. Um, in 2000, 2001, 2002, where the market was down for three straight years. And so that is uh, some examples of systematic risk. And so, you know, we all know that uh, when you're trying to build that balanced portfolio, you do need those um, those growth investments, or you do need stocks uh, that uh, basically uh, gives you the chance of bigger returns uh, and allows you to keep up with things like inflation, things of that nature, Right. Um, and so, you know, we, we know the good thing is that stocks can make money over time. Uh, but the flip side is that there's a lot of risk and you can lose money very quickly. So um, I always say you have to do your research or seek out the assistance of a fiduciary and don't try to gamble away your hard earned money to achieve uh, uh, those big returns on the stock side. So let's talk about the, the, the other uh, spectrum of, of investments and when we're talking about balancing investments, and let's talk about bonds, right, or fixed income types of investments. So uh, when we talk about bonds, basically, um, if stocks on one hand is when you own a portion of a company, bonds are when you loan money to a company, right, and so you loan money to a, a company, and uh, they are going to give you uh, uh, an interest rate. They're going to give you, uh, pay you interest um, throughout the term of that uh, of that bond or of that loan. And so, what are some benefits to owning bonds? Well, bonds—they're uh, not going to be they're going to add stability to to your portfolio. I I like to call fixed income and bonds and things of that nature as foundational assets, where it's going to uh, give you that good, solid foundation uh, that isn't uh, shaky that you can build upon, right? Now, it doesn't mean that uh, bonds aren't volatile. They're not as volatile, of course, as stocks, where stocks can go up and down violently, right? But uh, bonds, You know, there may be some little ripples, so forth or so on. Sometimes they can be a little bit bigger. But generally speaking, and I'm talking in generalities here, if you hold a bond to maturity, you're generally going to get your money back at the end of that period of time. Right. And so why would bonds be a little bit volatile? Well, and that's that's because of interest rates. Bonds and interest rates have an inverse relationship. It kind of works like a teeter-totter, right? Or a seesaw, um, if they have those anymore. I don't even know if they have seesaws or teeter-totters. I've been to a few parks, and I don't think I've seen anything like that. But the way that it works is this. The, when uh, interest rates go up, you'll see the value of those bonds go down, right? And it works vice versa. If interest rates uh, uh, go down, you'll see the value of those bonds go up. So it works like, like a teeter-totter and so um, what's what's interesting is that uh, you have to try to have that good mix of stocks and or bonds. And so how do you achieve that balance of bonds and or stocks, or fixed income, whatever you want to call it? And generally speaking, there's what's called the rule of one hundred. and uh, it's it's pretty simple to use. You take the number one hundred and you subtract your age, and whatever's left, is the money that you should potentially have in stocks or the equity markets where it's a little bit more risky, right? And so if you say you're 60 years old, uh, so you take the number 100, you subtract your age, which is 60, and you're left with 40. So generally speaking, 40% of your money could potentially be in stocks, right? Or investments that are considered risky, so to speak. Um, and of course that's just the general rule. So if you're a little more risk averse, maybe 40% seems too much, but, uh, if, or if you like to take on a little more risk, then maybe you're like, you know, 40% is too little. So I want to up that a little bit, but that rule of 100, like I said, is just a general rule to start from when we're talking about balancing, uh, the two. And so, um, when we talk about stocks and we talk about bonds, um, really, When you think about it, we're in this precarious situation. The more I think about it, where um, there's this perfect storm that could potentially be brewing. Now, I don't want to be doom and gloom or try to scare anybody, but we're in this weird predicament where you have stocks right now, stocks are at all time highs. And then you have bonds or interest rates. um, And I said that they have that inverse relationships, but bonds or interest rates, really, interest rates are at all-time lows. And so interest rates generally have nowhere to go but up. And when, just like I said, when interest rates go up, the value of your bonds could go down. And as interest rates start to go up, it could potentially happen at the same time that the stock market, which is at all-time highs, could go down. So you could find yourself in this quandary where, uh, where your stocks and your bonds are losing Value, and that is what's weird about this market right now, and why um, you know it's it, it, it's teetering. You're 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 starting to 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 see um, some cracks in the market when you look at um, the 90-day moving average. Which I know that most people don't look at. At least the listeners here probably aren't looking at 90-day moving averages like I am. But when you look at it, you look at that 90-day moving average, and you're like, oh, wait a minute, uh, the market is actually down over the last 90 days, right? But generally speaking, you know historically for the last 10, 12 years, the market is up at historical highs. And then we have this interest rates, which are at super lows. And so they only really have one way to go and that's up. And so hopefully we're going to figure this thing out where these things don't happen at the same time where it puts pretty much the bond and the stock market at risk. Although remember what I said about bonds is that as long as you, they can be volatile, but generally as long as you hold it to maturity you're going to be okay. You generally are going to get your money back. Now, of course, if you have government bonds, uh, they're a lot more secure than, say, if you have corporate bonds. um, You know, and then corporate bonds, they can range from AAA rated all the way to, heck, D rated bonds or junk bonds, so to speak. But um, it really depends on the type of bond that you hold. And I'm not going to get into all of that. But he could be in this precarious situation. And so, what are some alternatives? So, all right, you have stocks, you have bonds. What are some alternatives? Of course, cash, but cash isn't really going to pay anything. But that's just still a safe haven for if things do teeter and drop down. You have cash on the sidelines so you can buy into a depressed market. But then, other investments you have real estate, right? You can invest in real estate directly, uh, whether it's commercial real estate, uh, industrial, um, retail. Um, residential, multifamily. Uh, there's uh, real estate there. I, I, I don't know if I'm a big fan of office, uh, buying office uh, space or, or real estate, but uh, um, you know, do whatever you may. But um, you know, at the same time, there's, there's direct ownership of real estate. Then there's indirect ownership through what are called a real estate investment trust, uh, private placements. And so uh, you can own real estate. And a lot of people uh, like to diversify and have real estate in, in, in their portfolio um annuities as uh, another alternative uh, annuities right now have been acting uh, at least in our practice as a good bond replacement uh, for the most part because interest rates are just so low uh, a lot of bonds aren't really have a lot of bonds don't have good uh, rates of return uh, and so sometimes uh, annuities can can fill that void but um, as an alternative by the way not variable annuities we're talking about immediate annuities, fixed annuities, maybe even some fixed indexed annuities, um, but they can provide some stability and, and foundation for a portfolio too, as an alternative. Um, and then, of course, annuities can serve as a personal pension where you can uh, uh, make sure that you have that mailbox money if you so choose. And then, of course, um, uh, what do we talk about annuities? Oh, and then, of course, if you're like, if you like to throw caution to the wind, and you're a super risk taker you know, they're cryptocurrencies, Uh, there's gold and and all those precious metals and things of that nature that um, uh, are uh, super volatile. Um, And if you have a stomach for some of those things, those are alternatives uh, to some of the traditional investments too. Uh, But really, you know, it's a matter of sitting down uh, with a good fiduciary advisor, finding out what your risk tolerances are, finding out what your goals are. And then building a portfolio based on that, whether it's stocks, bonds, mutual funds, real estate, uh, annuities, uh, whatever that may be. But it's good to have a plan, understand what you're invested in, and then uh, then you're able to build your whole financial plan or retirement plan from there. But that is the key. And there you go. And now you know, and knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. All right. Coming up next, we're going to dive into your emails. You are listening to The Marcus Warren Show. Okay. Doing some uh, Van Halen here. So, this is Van Halen, of course. Of course. Some jump. Song came out in 1984 okay. By the way, their album was called 1984 hey. Very creative nice. on, on their end
2: Yeah. How'd they come up with that one?
1: <laughs> and this singer right here Is uh, David Lee Raw By the way And it is his birthday today It is How oh, old is he, 70? 67 oh, He's 67? Yeah Okay, there you go He was a character He was in Van Halen for a little bit uh, I think he was after him. uh, Sammy Hagar joined the group or whatever. But anyway, uh, Jump, by the way, was number one in the U.S., number seven in the U.K. All right. Pretty good, huh? Not bad at all. All right. By the way, welcome back to the show, The Marcus Warren Show. Remember that you can request your retirement rescue game plan. All you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. That Retirement Rescue Game Plan will help rescue your retirement from all the risk that threatens your nest egg. And we're talking about market risk, inflation risk, and most importantly, tax rate risk. You got to protect your hard-earned money from the IRS. Once again, all you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net, and there is no more waiting list. Uh, They are back, ready to go. Uh, the supply, our supply chain issues are resolved, uh-huh. and so you will be able to uh, uh, get those, uh, get that uh, retirement rescue game plan, which will help, help you in the long, long term, rescue that retirement. All right, so let's do this. Let's get into some uh, emails. here. Yes, email, email time It's time to check
2: the mail. Hey, folks, listen up. If you have a question for Marcus, you can now leave us a message on the Ask Marcus line. How does it work? Just call 502-622-1337 and leave a message with your question. If it's a good one, it might be featured on the show. Just call the Ask Marcus line at 502-622-1337 and you might hear your question on the show. First one today is from Stephen. He says, I have the option to buy company stock at a discount inside my 401k. Interesting. Is this worth looking into?
1: Um, yes, of, of course, it's, it's worth looking into. Uh, but you have to uh, be a little bit cautious of, uh, about what I talked about about putting all of your eggs in one basket. Uh, really, the the question reminds me of a story that I used to talk about in in my workshops, and I and I just. Talked about this in the last segment where we used to talk. Uh, uh, we used to talk to a lot of GE employees about uh, 20 or so years ago. Uh, they had a lot of their retirement savings in GE. Uh, of course, they drank that Jack Welch. We we'll call it a Jack Welch bourbon. We're in Kentucky.
2: Okay. Yeah. Um,
1: um, and when I talked about diversification, like I said earlier, they said, hey, we are diversified. We got jet engines, refrigerators, finance department, healthcare. And that's when GE was trading at uh, around $60 plus a share. Now, uh, it well, now there's some uh, fuzzy... Uh, buybacks and, and reverse splits and things of that nature, but it dropped all the way down to about $10. And so, you know, with that said, um, I'm definitely not opposed to buying company stock, especially if you're getting it for a discount. Uh, it does make sense to have, uh, to have some of it. Um, and it also depends on the company. Uh, I have a lot of clients right now who, uh, retired and, and worked at, at UPS and they've accumulated a lot of money from the UPS stock. Um, but you have to make sure that your retirement future isn't totally linked to your company. And that means that when you get close to retirement, it's time to start thinking about the exit strategy. When will you sell out? Will you diversify? When are you going to lock in those gains? Because um, one of the things that, uh, especially with, with, with people who have worked for, for, for a company for a long time, whether you're the founder of the company, it's a startup, or whether you're... Um, I um, uh, work with, with, with a client who had been with, uh, UPS for, for 40 years. And so she, you know, accumulated a lot of the company stock and actually walked away with, um, millions upon millions of dollars. And, uh, I always say that, uh, you know, having all your eggs in one basket or concentration can potentially get you rich, you know, like a Zuckerberg or, um, you know the client, the UPS, um, or even if you were talking about modestly rich. And when I say modestly rich, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I don't want to, uh, do, you know, say, say anything. But you know, I'm talking about if you know million, millions of bucks, um, whether it's the low end or whatever. But concentration can make you rich, but diversification. Once you hit that retirement age and you're divested or gone from that company that keeps you rich, right? Diversification keeps you rich. Concentration can get you rich, but diversification keeps you rich. So remember that, Stephen. And by the way, if you have a significant sum in your company stock, Stephen, and and you want more specific information, um, or you just need help evaluating your exit strategy, then uh, just go to com and schedule that phone call. All
2: right. One thing I know that you usually tell clients um, that that have company stock and and you have come up with that plan for this is when we're gonna get out. This is what we're gonna do. This is comfortable for you. Don't after it, after that after the fact after it happens. Don't look back and then yes. say, Hey man, I sold it for this and now it's all the way up here because it could easily be reverse
1: right well that, that rear view mirror investing is is is, is uh, typical but you know depending on how much company stock because 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 we've dealt with this a, a lot of times and mm-hmm. it's not about all one fell swoop sell it all right I mean it's always a strategic plan uh, and it's a slow divestiture and it doesn't mean that you get rid of all of it either right um, you know but at the same time yeah people do even if they even if they have you know a million shares and they'll get rid of two hundred thousand so does you know two hundred thousand shares yeah And then it goes up from there. They're still looking at that. Oh, look at that. That 200,000 shares. And and it's always in the rear view. But, you know, at the same time, it's tough because especially if you work for a company for a long time. Yeah. uh, Emotions and those heartstrings of being with that company and you have that affinity for it. And when you sell it, it it doesn't feel right. And this and that, Um, you know, but long term, you know, when you think about it, especially if you're thinking about legacy building, things of that nature you have to make sure that there's some diversification because you never know what's going to happen. Heck, um, uh, you know, Bear Stearns back in the day. Um, um, right now, I can't think of the, 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 the other company, that, the financial crisis that had been around for 120-plus years, um, you know, went bankrupt. You know, Bear Stearns was, was on the brink. Heck, Merrill Lynch was on the brink of not being around until Bank of America came in and swooped them up. And these are companies that... Uh, that had been around for you know for a uh, a long time, and so um, you know you just you just never know, mm-hmm. but it's better to be safe than sorry. Yep. What else we got?
2: All right, Mike says I heard someone say the Secure Act means higher taxes. Can you explain what they mean?
1: Um. Nobody knows what the Secure Act is. Right. By the way, <laughs> uh, the the Secure Act was um. I know, Mike, how do you know what the SECURE Act is? And I'm just kidding. Um, It was signed into law uh, at the beginning of 2020. And really, that that SECURE Act, what does that stand for? Do you remember offhand what that stands for? Yes,
2: of course I do. Setting every uh, community up. For retirement enhancement. And boy, that's
1: corny. Usually the government to come up with some corny acronyms. Anyway, but it was signed into law at the beginning of 2020, uh, Mike, and it made a few changes that really could impact retirees, uh, but most of which aren't really a big deal in my opinion. So uh, the main thing it did uh, and the thing that's in the forefront is that it increased the age at which you have to take money out of your tax deferred accounts, IRA 401k accounts, right? That required minimum distribution. So it increased that age. It used to be 70 and a half and now it's 72 for those who hadn't yet reached That RMD age just yet. So it's an 18-month difference, right? A year and a half. Um, Now, the tax increase that you heard about, it comes from inherited IRAs, right? So if you inherit an IRA, if you are a beneficiary of a tax-deferred account, IRA, 401K, something like that. Now, in the past, when you left an IRA to a child or a grandchild, they could take that money out over the course of their lifetime which basically lowers their tax burden because they have a long window to withdraw money and they don't have to take it out in a huge lump sum in any one year, which of course, if you have to do that, then that just increases your tax burden. But now with that secure act passing with, with inherited IRAs now, either from a parent or a non spouse, you have to withdraw that money in 10 years. Right, That means that the government gets to collect more taxes in a shorter period of time than they used to have to uh, before. And that is basically where that tax increase, quote-unquote, that tax increase comes from. So, uh, Mike, and really with with anyone else listening, if you plan to leave money to children, to grandchildren, there are steps that you can take now to reduce that potential tax burden. And uh, if you go to talktomarcus.com, uh, we can go ahead and... and uh, find out what your situation is during that fifteen-minute call, and we can see uh, if we can help. But it's uh, you know it's one of those things where there's outright um, uh, tax increases, mm-hmm. and then there's those those stealth tax increases which which people don't don't really think about. Hey, as a matter of fact, uh, let's focus on Kentucky real quick. So there was a stealth tax increase that happened. Was that in twenty twenty?
2: Also? I think it was, I think it 19?
1: happened in 18. Oh, it was, it was that, that long uh-huh. ago? But where, um, and that stealth tax increase was this. So um, in Kentucky, um, you can make uh, up to, or used to be able to make up to $41,000 in retirement income, right? So any money you pulled from your retirement accounts, up to $40,000 was not taxed here in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, but then that changed, and they lowered that threshold down to thirty, like thirty-one thousand and some change, or whatever. And so uh, that is a stealth tax increase. Now they didn't just blatantly increase taxes; they just said, you know what? Instead of forty-one thousand dollars being exempt, now we're going to lower that down to thirty-one thousand being exempt. So it is more tax revenue for uh, the the Commonwealth, uh, and of course, who has to pay that out? And it's you if you have over that threshold. And so those are those stealth tax increases that local, state, and federal governments can do without blatantly increasing taxes. So you always have to be on the lookout for that. As a matter of fact, you you don't have to be on the lookout for that. If you work with our firm, good fiduciary advisors who also specialize and focus on taxes, you don't have to worry about that. You want to know why? Because that is what we do here for our clients. Anyway, All right, let's move on. Coming up next, we're going to have news you can use and news you can't use. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. All right, we are back. With um, some uh, John Mellencamp It's to be John Cougar Mellencamp Back in the day I don't know if you Did? know that Yeah
2: Is that his metal name?
1: No, I don't know I doubt it I think it was just his uh, You know, his like uh, Rock name uh, Anyway, this is uh, Hurt So Good Came out in 1982 Number two in the US, by the way Okay There you go
2: no UK charts? So no Australian nah. charts? Nah. No Zimbabwe. no
1: Zimbabwe, none okay. of that stuff, you know. But it does, uh, there you go. It's good. It's a good song. I remember this. Anyway, welcome back to the show. The Marcus Warren Show. And remember that you can request that retirement rescue game plan. All you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net to get that retirement rescue game plan. You'll get a copy of my two books. You'll get some financial reports and then you'll also get access to my video webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement. All you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net, request that information and your free physical packet of information will be delivered free of charge to your front door. A lot of good stuff there, a lot of good stuff. All right, you know what it's time for. It's time to get into some news you can use.
2: All righty, well, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer announced Thursday morning that lawmakers have finally reached a deal, kind of, to extend the debt ceiling through at least December. The agreement, according to people familiar with the matter, allows the debt limit to increase by $480 billion, with a B dollars, a sum that the Treasury Department has estimated will allow it to pay its bills until December 3rd.
0: Huh.
2: Republicans. That's that's a huge sum of money for two months of uh, government. Yeah, but uh, it's it's it's
1: one of those things where they do this all the time. I mean, it only becomes an issue every every so often when when an administration changes. But they always do it. They've been doing it for years. We we actually talked about this uh, Mm -hmm. last last show when we talked about um, you know they raised it seventeen times or something Mm -hmm. under. Reagan or somebody like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's, 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 uh, they make it a story and then they do it and then we're fine.
2: Yeah. And really yeah. all they've done so far is pushed so it back two months. That's
1: all they ever do. Right? And then they'll push it again. Yeah. It yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But they'll just it. make the drama seem like it, oh, okay. it. it is what it is. Yeah. You it's
2: know. funny. I'm sure um, other people have had this thought, but I did have somebody ask me, you know, what happens to my accounts if the government does default on its debt? Nothing. Oh, okay.
1: Nothing. I mean, do they yeah. own, uh. And it's not like that that they default on it. I mean, it, it's. I mean, if, do they have? Uh, do they have U.S. Treasury bonds? No. Okay, then what are you worried about?
2: No, nothing to <laughs> worry about.
1: Yeah, I mean, unless you own U.S. Treasury bonds. But if you own, if you own Amazon stock, what, what's going to happen? Yeah. I mean, are you, no one's going to order Amazon.
2: Well, I mean,
1: order stuff off of Amazon. Right. Exactly. What else you got?
2: There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about some tax pr- uh, reform proposals to finance the, of course, massive budget bill that's being put together in Congress. Um, it would close the door on an increasingly popular retirement savings strategy. So, this is the House Ways and Means Committee. They actually uh, approved legislation. This is the first actual legislation that has been written and approved for uh, the $3.5 trillion. Build Back Better Act uh, proposed by the Biden administration. Right. But the the one uh, proposal that I want to talk about of course there's all those increasing tax rates, individual, individual tax rates and capital gain rates. But they want to close some Roth conversion strategies that uh, are currently available including a backdoor Roth conversion which allows Uh-oh. basically taxpayers who might not be able to contribute to a Roth the ability to go back door and contribute to it through a a non-traditional contribution and then a conversion, they are, uh, under the bill, they are going to be prohibited from completing any Roth conversions for taxpayers with taxable incomes above certain thresholds.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, you know, it's just one of those things where we talked about, you know, some of these, um, you know, changes and stealth tax increases and, you know, people don't consider those tax increases, but these are, you know, tax... Uh, planning strategies that uh, a lot of, uh, of, of Americans use and you know they're trying to um, you know close those types of, of loopholes and I, and I think one of the things that they're being short-sighted about really is the fact that you know they get uh, they get uh, in, in, enthralled and, and, and entranced by the stories of Peter Thiel who has five billion dollars in, in a roth. And you know, just jump on those sensationalized stories and try to make uh, emotional you know changes to legislation. When you know, when I think about it, all they're basically hurting are the um, you know the the average Americans who utilize um, you know Roth conversions and or backdoor Roth. Uh, I mean, ba- yeah, backdoor IRAs and things of that nature. Um, you know, for the sake of. You know, trying to close a loophole just because it was something was reported in in the news when, you know, it's too late. I mean, he has his five billion dollars in the Roth and it can continue to grow. It can be ten billion dollars in the next year and he still has it in the Roth and there's nothing you can do and go back and and change. And so they, you know, they throw out these, uh, um, you know, these potential regulations that are really just going to hurt. The average individual investor, for the most part,
2: and then at that point, the Peter Thiel's of the world will just find other loopholes to to utilize. Their, of course, because they the got
1: a team code. of uh, of you know tax attorneys that are uh, their their goal day and night is just just to um, you know find the green lights uh, in the uh, in the tax code, which isn't a bad thing. You know that that's what we do for our clients, but um, you know it, it's more than just these you know headline changing you know news stories. That's yep. Not going to do anything. That's right. Legislation changes. Whatever. What else?
2: All right. The valuation of Elon Musk's SpaceX crossed $100 billion following a share sale by existing investors. It was announced this week. SpaceX has an agreement with new and existing investors to sell up to $755 million in stock from insiders at 560 a share Um, which brings the company's valuation up to $100.3 billion. They did not raise new capital any time. They just uh, offered a secondary sale of existing shares. But this represents an increase of 33% from SpaceX's last valuation, which was just in February earlier this year. Um, their, uh, Their new valuation makes it one of the rare private... They're called centicorn or hectocorn, basically private companies worth $1 billion a hundred times over.
1: So $100 billion?
2: $100 billion, yes.
1: That's not bad. I mean, that's, yeah. that's pretty
2: good. It's the second most valuable private company in the world right a after... Private company. Private oh, I love how they do private companies. Because, you
1: know, Apple's worth trillions and yes. Microsoft and right. Amazon yes. and uh, Google, like, aka yeah. Alphabet and Facebook, you yeah. know, they're all worth a lot more. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. they always throw that private yeah. company. So nobody can even buy SpaceX stock nope. besides you know
2: Some private investors.
1: Figures. That's right. Rich just getting richer. That's <laughs> how it works. <laughs> anyway, thank you, D, <laughs> for that uh news. You can use man, there's a lot of, of uh money out there that people are uh, you know, making and you know, we don't get a piece of any of that. Anyway, I digress. Well, what do you always say? Be a baker. Yes, if we left you with that news you can use, that would be good enough. However, Mm -hmm. however, Mm -hmm. we want to give you more and we have the news you cannot, like I repeat, you cannot use
2: Isn't it all really news you cannot use? Anyways. Oh, yeah. Here. Oh, yeah. Here, you'll like this yeah. one. Actually, I don't know if you will.
1: Rich getting richer, I guess.
2: <laughs> Green Bay Packers quarterback, your favorite.
1: Yeah, that's definitely news you can't use. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> has a
2: specific reason for his, what you might have noticed, was his rugged appearance this NFL season. It includes long hair and unshaven okay. face. Yep. So the reason, he plans to dress up like one of his heroes for Halloween. Um, The reigning NFL MVP told the uh, the Pat McAfee show that he started preparations for his costume a year ago. Okay. With adjustments to his grooming habits. Do I have
1: a BS meter uh, sound effect on on, on my, no I don't. I don't have a BS meter sound effect uh, on my board here, but Okay. Who was he trying to be?
2: Well, he didn't give it away yet. Oh. So you got to wait till Halloween to find out. But some uh, fans are speculating. Jesus. Uncle. Oh, no. Wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could be <laughs> the Joker.
1: The Joker? He doesn't know. Ha- he doesn't know.
2: The Undertaker? No the one knows.
1: the re- Like, that's not. that. You would have to ask. Any costume, by the way, yes. for you people who just love uh, Halloween. Yeah. Um. The worst costumes are when you show up and someone has to ask who you are. That means you're. That's not a good costume. I mean, yeah, you know that 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 means that you dropped the ball. You missed the mark, and so people
2: pick the Undertaker. Costume. By the way, people yeah. would
1: always have to say who what who are you yeah. supposed to be? Because no yeah. one knows. Why are
2: you are you just a goth? You, you have you to be yeah.
1: really into wrestling, and there are I mean there are a few, but not yes. but not many. Yeah. So you
2: gotta go to a party yeah, where they that where is, they all watch WWE. Right, that's in order to get that that's one. That's embarrassing. Yeah. Anyway. Uh John a, Snow from Game of Thrones, the big Lebowski, I don't know. You would you have to ask.
1: <laughs> like horrible. Yes. But by, by the way, th- th- this was a very good news you can't You're welcome. use story. You're welcome. This is ludicrous. Here's what another else one.
2: Police in Wisconsin are <laughs> this is I, I can't I don't know if I'm gonna get through this without laughing, so here we go. Police in Wisconsin are attempting to locate a fourteen hundred dollar bronze sculpture of nursery rhyme character Humpty Dumpty. Sitting on a toilet, a bronze sculpture of okay. Humpty Dumpty sitting for, on a toilet yeah. was for, stolen from, from an art fair in Wisconsin. Right, valued at fourteen hundred dollars. So
1: really? They're Anyways, wasting man hours for that. The
2: sculpture is named Dumpty Humpty. Ah, that's, funny. that's good.
1: <laughs>
2: and the vendor said that, that has to be uh, worth
1: more than fourteen hundred dollars. There
2: were two oh, men. That's right. She said she saw two men linger, lingering around the booth when she was setting up, and then suddenly the sculpture vanished.
1: There you go. Well, I mean, you know, look.
2: Police I are mean, on the case.
1: I mean, that, that's a waste of, of resources. It is. Uh, for for dumpty, dumpty, humpty, what dumpty, dumpty?
2: Dumpty, humpty.
1: Dumpty. dumpty. Oh, they swear, yeah, humpty. Yeah. oh, that's really good. Oh, that has to be worth it. I mean, that's, see, um, this is a planted news story. Yeah a planted news story that is drawing more attention to mm-hmm. Dumpty Humpty There we go. And now that it is not worth 1400 anymore, yeah. that sucker is going to skyrocket. Yes. And let's not make it a uh NFT, a non-fungible oh, token a somehow some way or whatever. I've already
2: done that. Then so. we're talking
1: about millions uh, of, of dollars, but yeah. this is definitely a uh, a planted uh, story and, you know, something that uh You're welcome. We're going to keep our uh our, uh, we are going to keep our eyewitness i watch news mm-hmm. close to this the we'll folks updated yes we will thank you d for that uh, news you can't use good job because no one cared or can use that anyway we all know what that music means it means we have come to the end of the show i want to thank everyone for listening have a great week and take it easy on this sunday
0: thank you for listening to the marcus warren show For more information or to request your retirement toolkit, contact Marcus at 502-339-8255 or visit his website at talktomarcus.com. Warren Wealth Management and Tax Planning and WGTK are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested.